Hello, I'm Lisa Gilby, a personal stylist based in London, UK. Welcome to the Style Stories podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the first episode of my newly relaunched revamp podcast, still called the Style Stories podcast, discussing style, image and fashion. And I've got a panel of fantastic ladies joining me today. I've got a really juicy episode to kick off with, covering lots of topics that we all worry about when it comes to our wardrobes. I'm just going to run through a few of the things that we're going to be covering today. How to dress as your authentic self, comparing yourself to others. If you're someone who maybe reverts to casual clothes and only wears a really small percentage of your wardrobe every day, how do you break out of that and make a little bit more of an effort but still be true to yourself? We really cover the psychology behind style and delve into that. So why do some things look good on other people? On paper, you might be the same height, all of those things. You look more or less the same, but you can't wear the same dress as someone else. What's that about? That's like the magic behind style. We delve into that. How do you stop being tempted by clothes you don't need? Lots of other juicy topics in this panel discussion to kick off the first episode. I'll let you know who's joining me so you know who I'm talking to. These are all ladies who are in my free Facebook group, Style Power with Lisa Gilby. If you'd like to join, as I said, it's all free. Come over on Facebook. We'd love to see you in there. So joining me today, I've got Alison, who is an ex-corporate lawyer who now lives down in the Cotswolds. She used to live in London. I've got Beth, who's originally from Australia. She then moved to Spain, to the UK, and now she lives in Bahrain. So she's calling in on Zoom today from Bahrain. I've got Roshana, who lives in South London, who works in financial services. She's now gone back into working in government financial services and she's ex-corporate now back in corporate that's relevant from what she talks about on the podcast i've got Brittany brooks coming here from tulsa oklahoma dialing in obviously on zoom she runs a financial brokerage with her husband she came up with a lovely term when we were recording this about her personal style she calls it classic with extra so i'd say classic with a twist but i love that term classic with extra we've also got Kelly G, who is a civil servant from South London, but she is originally from rural Australia as well. And then we've got Teresa, who has been a contributor on this podcast right from day one. In fact, it was her that got me to start this podcast. She is a lifelong creative freelancer who is now a life coach and she's joining from South London. Lovely ladies who all have great things to say, really interesting topics. I'm sure you're going to love this episode. So hello, ladies. Thank you all so much for joining me on my podcast, The Style Stories Podcast. And this is revamped version. And this is the first episode that I'm recording of the revamped version of the podcast, which is super exciting. This group of ladies has joined me from my free Facebook group that I run, Style Power with Lisa Gilby, and they've all volunteered to come along and talk about some of their style issues. So there's a bit of style stories involved here. The podcast is called The Style Stories, as well as some issues that wardrobe woes that come up for them that I think are relatable to lots of people. The reason I wanted to do this really was because I feel like lots of people feel like they're on their own and they look at other people, everyone's better dressed than me, or, you know, you feel that you struggle and other people don't struggle. And it's just really empowering when you know that actually the issues that you have are probably really quite common and that they can be fixed. So it's all really valuable to know that you're not alone. That really is what this podcast is about. So welcome to all of you. Thank you so much for joining me today. 
my assistant Laura, my lovely assistant, is actually laid up with COVID, sadly, so she can't help me with all the managing. So we're going to do our best. We're going to do it together. We're going to start with Alison. So Alison is in the Cotswolds. We've got people here today all the way from Bahrain to Oklahoma, the Cotswolds. We've got an Australian who is based in the UK. So it's an international crowd. It's all very exciting. Alison is going to kick off. And Alison, could you just give us a little bit of an introduction of who you are and then your little style woe or style story? Hi, thanks, Lisa. You and I have known each other now for probably 10 or so years, maybe more than that, actually. No, ten, probably 10 years. And you've helped me out on a number of occasions for things. I'm significantly older than your over 40s lot. I'm a former corporate lawyer. I spent a long time in the city with a successful career as a corporate finance lawyer. Retired from that. I'm now a charity trustee, which means I have to go to meetings every now and again. And I spend a lot of time in gym kit. And my issue is, I sort of think I know what my authentic self is, but I don't always put that authentic self on show. I quite often hide behind safe and easy T-shirt and jeans, safe and easy, keep my gym kit on, safe and easy, a T-shirt with my gym kit, um, even though I know I feel better when I make more of an effort. And a part of that is linked to sometimes wanting to be something I know I'm not. So looking at what I see people wearing either out and about or on that lovely thing called Instagram, where I see lots of influencers wearing what I think is lovely. I mean, for example, lots of boho stuff, which I know suits some people, which I love on other people. And I love the way it looks and I love the pretty and it's a shocker. So I really have to sit on my hands when I'm sort of doing late bending to try and avoid buying something which will arrive, I'll put it on and it just looks dreadful. And even if it doesn't look dreadful, I think, okay, that'll be lovely. And I put it in the wardrobe and never wear it. And then I pull it out a year later and think, why on earth did I buy that? So I have all that sort of slight tension going on between what I know suits me that you've helped me with. So something which is slightly offbeat in plainer colours, solid block colours, chunky boots with chunky sandals, playing off against wanting to look pretty and feminine, which just isn't me. I mean, I can do feminine, whatever, but I do it sort of my way. And I really struggle with that because, and then I don't struggle because I don't want to look like everybody else, but I like how they look. And so I'm sort of constantly doing a bit of, why can't I look like that influencer? I'm her colouring. Why doesn't that dress look the same on me? We're not dissimilar shape. Okay, I'm older, but why don't I look like that when I put that outfit on? And why do I look better when I put myself in a slogan T-shirt, says the person who said she'd never wear a slogan T-shirt, um, and a skirt and a pair of chunky boots? Why does that make me feel happier? So that's sort of where I find myself currently. Having moved from a corporate environment of a uniform, which was very easy because you sort of did that, but even then my husband said I wore it with a bit of an edge. But then moving from that to not needing to wear a uniform, except for the odd occasion, uh, then to what do I do when I'm just doing my normal day-to-day -day being me, when I tend to fall into being a bit lazy? I love all of this that you've said, because it's just, all of it's so common. And a big word that came up was the should thing. And I think so many people just dress how they think they should. That's what really throws you off course. 
And that's partly because we all want to be part of a gang. We all want to be accepted. And that's a really human thing as well. We don't necessarily want to stand out. You know, it doesn't mean that we're wallflowers, but also we don't really want to walk into a room and be the one standing out. It takes a lot of confidence to be that person. So what happens then is that you look around for what other people are wearing and you look around for your influence. Where can you be safe? You've mentioned as well, the fact that you fall into putting the, you know, comfortable practical clothes on, that's so easy to do. And that's why people end up wearing such a small percentage of their wardrobe as well, because it's easy, because we're time poor, because it's quicker, obviously, to be comfortable and all those things. But then you end up feeling practical and comfortable, but you know you don't want to. The the thing is really is, is clarity. So we fall into that compare and despair trap. Definitely. We all do that. I think that's that's so, so common. But once you get that clarity and you have got it inherently, your inherent style, you know, you know what you feel better in. And it's paying attention, really paying attention to those things. You have looked around and seen people wearing those Aspiga layered, pretty boho dresses and thinking that looks lovely. I'll give it a whirl. And then you do it and it's wrong because that isn't your inherent personal style. And I know it's hard not to be tempted, isn't it, by those things that look so lovely on other people, you know, and shopping and all of that kind of stuff is a joy and brings us joy and wearing nice things. But it definitely all boils down to clarity and getting absolute clarity on what works. I find writing down how I want to look really, really helpful And it stopped me from buying things lots of times because I'm definitely a magpie. I mean, obviously, it's my job as well, but I'm obsessed with clothes. You know, I always see something else that I want all the time. Where does it end? You know, I've got to have what suits me. So I've started to feel that I, you know, I don't want to look older than my age. I don't want to look frumpy. I don't want to look too try hard. I actually want to look a lot more polished now. So there are quite a few things where I would have probably gone for the boho dress I'm now not going for the boho dress because my style is evolving. And as I'm getting older, I want to look more polished and pulled together. So I tend to write down literally adjectives about how I want to look. And then I ask myself when I look at a piece of clothing, is that going to fulfill how I want to dress now? I just find that really helpful. Also, I ask myself, would Kate Moss wear this? And if the answer is no, then I normally don't. I don't buy it. I like her style. I sort of ha- like to have a style icon. And I think, would she wear that? No, you know, it's so easy to just quickly buy something. It's that clarity, having that clarity and sticking to that. And also with you, Alison, it's been a real evolution of lifestyle all the way from when you're in a corporate environment and you had to dress that way. You know, you said the dreadful skirt suits of the 80s. You mentioned that to me before but you went more for the bodycon, which is quite sexy and feminine. And it's not like the sort of woman trying to be a man in a corporate environment look. You know, you don't need those clothes now because it's evolved. So lifestyle is a huge factor, definitely suiting what you wear to your lifestyle. There's no point me owning anything like Louboutins, even though I might hanker after them. I don't have that lifestyle. I don't go anywhere where people would wear them. It's just not my circle, you know. So it's kind of also really thinking about your lifestyle. Anyone want to chip in? I think Beth was looking. Yes. I I found that I'm I'm a magpie too and I just love just looking at things saying, oh, I like it and I want it. I've done mood boards, like style mood boards, and I also think, you know, what would a French woman wear? Would she really wear that? 
like your Kate Moss. So I can relate to what you're saying. And I think we do evolve as well. I definitely think we do. And we need to kind of, especially if, you know, work on ourselves or our lifestyle changes or we're in a new transition into a new period of life or we move to another country or something, you do have to change. I went from nine months of autumn to seven, eight, nine months of summer and hot. It's taking me years. I'm like one of those people who's been decluttering Marie Kondoing since 2016 and I'm not there yet. So maybe I'm going to be the same with my clothes, you know. It's fun though. It's a creative process, isn't it? It's beautiful. It's a creative process, definitely. And, you know, it's all the body shape as well, all factors into it. Where you live, if you've moved from the city to the country, if you've moved from the UK to Bahrain, if you've moved, you know, the job thing as well. Shana's got some interesting stuff to say because her style had evolved from corporate and, and she's now found herself back in a corporate environment. She's now sort of felt she'd sorted out her style. I mean, it is right. I sort of know because you've told me many a times it's important to be clear and have clarity about your style and to be true to yourself. I think I struggle with finding sort of a complete role model in, ter- in fashion terms. There are people whose looks I really love. But then I think actually it may have been that when you did your course a while back and you got us to do our mood boards, I think there is probably more of a clarity came through that, which I ought to remind myself about, because that may just make me refocus rather than, again, being like you. I'm a magpie shopper. I like shopping. I think retail therapy is brilliant and it makes me happy when I'm bored or should be doing something else. Doing some online shopping makes me very happy. I suppose the other thing linked to it is I mean, I am sort of in my early 60s now, which is slightly scary. And so there's a real challenge for not looking like mutton dressers, lamb, not wanting to follow the crowd. I don't mind standing out so long as I don't stand out on the extremes. I quite like to be sort of noticed for not being part of the crowd. Um, And then sort of link to that is constantly keeping it fresh because stuff that I thought was really cool last summer, or in fact, loads of the stuff I probably bought this summer may not be cool next year. So I'll have a wardrobe full of fantastic boots, which I bought in the sale, And this time next year, people will be saying, well, autumn 2023, you don't want to be wearing those. I think that's the bit that concerns me as well, that I'll just be constantly decluttering, getting rid of stuff I've never worn because I bought it out of season. Yeah, there is a good balance. Uh, There are things now that are definitely summer 2022, you know, that won't be around next year. So that's why it's quite good to have a mix of classic things, which is quite difficult for people who aren't classic dressers anyway. Like I know Beth is a bit of a boho dresser, you know, and you've been trying to be a bit more polished. Unfortunately, some of us find timeless pieces boring. And that, again, is down to clarity. So I don't know if my wardrobe will ever have longevity because I'm not really that way inclined. You know, I just find those sorts of clothes don't feel like me and I feel bored wearing them. I think I just need to be more careful in, in buying maybe less, but just a little bit more expensive things that are still my style. It doesn't mean to have a wardrobe that goes through time needs to be classic. I think people often think that as well. Beth, we want to move on to you next. You are in Bahrain. I am. Very hot. 45 degrees at the moment. A bit hot. Yeah, well, I've just turned 50 and I'm going through a bit of a, yeah, kind of trying to reinvent myself a little bit. I've got an older teen now, teenage daughter, and um, going back to study to try and do some new work stuff, um, gone blondie. And like you've been saying, trying to go a bit more um, classic, 
but I'm just super attracted to colour and prints and going to fabric shops and getting the tailor to copy stuff. Just wondering, like, any style tips for living in a really hot climate for sort of not a skinny mini, I would say I am. I've lost some weight and I've probably got more excited about clothes as a, as a result and started wearing shorts again and a few dresses, short dresses, shorter dresses. But people say, oh, you're very boho. And I'm like, oh, really? I don't even really know what that is. And I always think I might be a French woman in a boho style or something because I quite like the French kind of class. They're kind of just always put together. But I do love all that print and colour. Yeah, I'm interested to know why you feel that you shouldn't be buying boho clothes anymore and that you should be buying the French style classic clothes. What's that about? Well, I think it is a bit what you're saying in terms of becoming a bit more polished and put together. And I think getting older, I sort of feel it's a bit too casual um, in a sense, the boho kind of look. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe just wanting to feel a little bit more sophisticated and elegant. Maybe you feel you feel a bit scruffy. I think if you're if you're like a relaxed natural dresser like I am, sort of drawn to that sort of can veer quite easily over into feeling scruffy. And I, I just think yeah. things like accessories are really important because that adds the polish. But you'll still be like you. So some really amazing earrings like that kind of thing. But if you're in that heat, you're going to want to be wearing natural fabrics. And that's it. I like all the natural stuff. I think that's good. And I do wear a lot of earrings. I think maybe just a bit more neutralised and then some pops of colour maybe. But then I wear my bright pink watermelon coloured dress and everyone just goes, oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And I just think, is it too much? I think it's also just going, when I'm older, I shall wear purple and going, well, if not now, when? Maybe I just need to give myself permission to get out there and I think I've probably hidden in blacks and stuff and gone well maybe if people have a problem with it that's okay they can have that problem you know I do think people if they come to a crossroads in their style for some reason I kind of touched on it earlier they think oh I should go classic that's the answer because I haven't been classic before so I need to now to get to look polished I should buy some classic clothes and actually you know I think that is a bit of a common misconception because if it isn't your inherent style it's still going to feel wrong I think you know what your style is which is you're drawn to this pattern and you're drawn to those bright colours and that's inherently that's coming from inside you so I think just stick to that and maybe just if you want to feel a bit more elegant spend a bit more on those pieces perhaps have less but just better quality go for the earrings and things like that to add the polish. Nail varnish, you know, that kind of stuff can add a bit of polish. Mm. I love you for this, Lisa, because you do go, why do you have to be over a certain age and not fabulous? I mean, we just have to go, this is the moment to to just be ourselves. If you want to wear, if you want pink hair and or you want to wear all black or whatever, it's all good. I mean, I think the button dress up adds lamb thing I think is a little bit of a concern. But seriously, when people go, I I slip into the conversation now that I've just turned 50 just to see people go, oh, really? 
it's good to go, no, I'm going to be a youthful older person or experienced woman. I'm just going to be as, you know, fabulous as I can be. Exactly. And more you know? unapologetically yourself, because that is something that comes with age is, is that sort of knowing that that suits me. I'm going for that. Who cares what other people think? Let's just do that. We yeah. don't have to go classic just because we're older. More colour incoming now. Right. We're going to Brittany in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Brittany, welcome. Thank you for joining us all the way from America. So what was your wardrobe woe? When I became a new mom, during that time of like being pregnant, I had gained weight and my weight was fluctuating. And, you know, people blessed me with maternity clothes that they gave me. And after I had my daughter, I started just kind of clearance shopping. Just my weight was also changing back down. And I just started buying whatever, you know, I'm using this word very loosely, but fit basically fit on my body, whether I loved it or not, I just would buy it. And when my daughter was like about six months old, I just remember like looking in the mirror thinking, who am I? Like, I didn't even recognize myself. So that really got me passionate about just figuring out who I am in style. I feel very confident at that now. I I am a classic dresser. I call it um, classic with extra that's me. So a bit of romance, a a bit of sparkle. And so I relate a lot to being drawn to the sparkle. And I think that's one area where I've had trouble building my wardrobe. So my question is, um, what is a strategic way to build your wardrobe once you know your personal style? A strategic way to do it. So once you, you know your personal style, that's a really important piece of the puzzle, definitely. But I would say paying attention to shape is really important as well. The shapes of clothes. So you can cut out so many things once you know your shape. So if you're a pear shape, for example, then you can avoid pencil skirts or pencil dresses, you know, and you can just go for the A-line. That's just something that really helps to cut down the choice. Colour as well. I don't know if you've had your colours done. But having your colours done is really useful too. Now, these are technical aspects of having a strategic wardrobe. So the piece about who you are inside is the more of the sort of sparkly woo-woo piece Mm -hmm. that's sort of out there, which is who we are as a person. Lifestyle is really, really important. Does your wardrobe match your lifestyle? I would say always make sure you've got some statement pieces in there that bring you pure joy. I think that's important. So, you know, without being too much of a magpie like me and Alison and maybe like a couple of others here who are just obsessed with shopping and Beth and, you know, try to rein ourselves in all the time. It is good to definitely have a few real statement pieces that make you feel special. You need a mix of practical things So doing a bit of a pie chart about your lifestyle is always really, really helpful. And constantly doing a mood board, not constantly doing a mood board, but doing a mood board regularly to just make sure that your vision of where where you are now matches how your wardrobe is now. I think that's really important as well, because I can feel myself changing at the moment. I can feel that I'm going through a change. You went through a change you know, when you had your children and everything, you looked in the mirror and just thought, who am I now? There are moments in life where we come to a crossroads and that's a really good time to take stock and edit the wardrobe regularly as well and get things out there, out of the wardrobe that don't fit you, that aren't speaking to who you are right now. You know, we're all going to be changing all the time. Brands might need an update. Your go-to brands you went to for years might not be working for you now. You know, so 
time to find some new brands and some new inspiration. I would say that, you know, a good wardrobe needs a balance of a couple of bits of tailoring just for looking pulled together, even for someone like me who isn't a classic dresser. You are a classic dresser anyway, so you'll have those pieces in there. But just a little bit of tailoring to pull things together. Definitely basics. That's really important. And they could be refreshed. They should be refreshed quite regularly every year. So, you know, T-shirts, good tops, good jeans. They're the basics. They're like the core hardworking pieces of your wardrobe. And then sprinkling the magic. Sprinkling a bit of magic so you don't always feel that you are dressing in a practical, dull way. And you're dressing maybe how you should dress because other people are dressing practically. Make sure you're being true to your style personality, which is classic with extra, which, you know, which I really like. I love that. I would say classic with edge or classic with a twist, which is what Roshana likes to uh, try and achieve as well. I know that's actually a really polished way to dress. I think most of us want to look pulled together, but interesting. Just pulled together, but interesting is, is a good way to think about it. Knowing the three pillars of style. So it's the colour, it's your body shape and the style personality. They're all really important pieces of the puzzle and being clear on that. And lifestyle. Lifestyle is really important. Your wardrobe should match your lifestyle. That was very helpful. And I'm so excited for your new branding and your new journey because I found you a few years ago after I had had my colours and style already done. And you've just helped me grow so much. And I have always felt like your your wisdom and information is just valuable for any age. So I am so glad you're doing this. Brilliant. Thank you. That's that's just how I was feeling. I was like, no, this is not just for the over 40s. The earlier you can find this information out, surely the better, because it makes it all clearer. So thank you so much, Brittany. Alison, did you want to say something? It was really just picking up a point that Beth made. It's funny. I think it sort of runs through everything. It's when she sort of said, giving yourself permission to be who you are at whatever age you are. So giving yourself permission to be classic with extras. So having what looks like a very well polished appearance, but with some bit of razzmatazz with it is just fantastic, which was what Brittany was talking about. Beth wearing her lovely bits of purple or magenta pink or whatever. I think that's a really helpful way of looking at it is giving yourself permission to be the best version of you, which is what I hope we can all aspire to, if not every day, then quite regularly. (laughs) Yeah, and making sure you're picking something out that totally speaks to you, that you you know, that say, this is me, you know, which is those those pieces that we've just talked about there, definitely. Kelly, you've got quite an interesting style story. Yeah, I just wanted to share my style story. So I'm 39, almost in the in the over 40s, about 10 months off. But I really like the fact, that, as you've said, the rebrand is about sort of everyone. And I've been listening to you for like through the pandemic and everything. It's been brilliant. Um, So yeah, I'm a civil servant. I live in South London and I'm a web designer is the closest thing I can say I do. I'm kind of a pear shape and I'm a a tomboy dresser. But I like what what Alison said is I what I aspire to is offbeat, not necessarily feminine. And what I used to wear was I'd say every day I'd wear black skinny jeans, probably black trainers or maybe boots and a t-shirt every day. And I kind of felt like a bit of a wallflower. So whenever I tried to make an effort and dress up. You get that feeling when you walk down the street of who do you think you are? Or, you know, particularly you're thinking other women are thinking this as well, that, you know, is she thinking who who do I think I am? Like making an effort. So I've got that kind of imposter syndrome or something to combat. Um, so I kind of wanted to break out of that. So through the pandemic, 
um, was doing lots of research, including listening to your podcast and others. And it's really interesting what what you were just saying before about what is a strategic way to build your wardrobe. So for me, I started doing a reset. I think it was like the second lockdown. Who knows? There were so many of them. But I found this website and it's classy yet trendy is one of the references I've got. And the blog post was how to start a capsule wardrobe. And what I really liked, I know there's loads of things out there about capsule wardrobes, but I particularly liked the method that she uses, which was very much like almost like a mathematical equation, which was choosing a base color. So are you a black or navy? So I picked navy and then choose your neutral. So I picked beige. Um, There's also white and gray. And then pick your accent color and there's always lovely different hues. And for me, I picked a kind of like a coral or like a, a reddy orange color. For me, I feel like that doing this reset with restricting yourself down, it it actually helped loads. So I cleared out my wardrobe, anything that kind of wasn't those colors. I put 10 bags worth of clothes into the garage because by that stage we're in lockdown and I couldn't donate them to charity. So they stayed in there for like a year or something. And I actually just bought only that those three colors for about 12 months. So I actually took my time with this. I didn't kind of rush it and start introducing patterns or other colors. It was it was a good 12 months of just navy, beige, and orange. So I'm, I'm wearing a kind of orange v-neck today, and it was kind of beige. I'm just holding up now. And then I've got this next um, satin blazer, so in a, in a navy color. So it was just those three colors. And then I started slowly introducing things from there. And one thing I I sort of mentioned when we talked on the Facebook was about utilizing eBay and, you know, charity shops as well. I really got into eBay over the pandemic because it's secondhand, it's cheaper. You can just go for it and try stuff. And if it doesn't work for you, you can donate things again. But for me, it kind of allows you to filter because I just personally hate high street shopping. I hate going to the shops. I find, you know, you get dizzy, you end up buying things that wasn't your plan. Whereas with things like eBay or I guess online shopping in general, even buying new clothes, you can filter and you can take the time to go, I want this color, I want this item and slowly build up with a bit more of a considered effort. I found that really useful to basically restrict myself down to three colors, a base color, a neutral and an accent and then just really slowly take it from there. But actually for me, just doing budget shopping, like five pound tops or 10 pound tops on eBay and kind of using that to just really explore and experiment to find my style. And now I can potentially then make those bigger purchases and feel a bit more confident in doing that. Cause that's another concern, isn't it? You go to buy something and you want to get the good quality stuff. And you talk about that, you know, spending good money to get good quality items, but then you think, oh no, I've just wasted a hundred pounds or 150 pounds because I still don't quite feel like I know what my style is. So that's that, yeah, that's my style story. That's amazing. Thank you. I've got a couple of things that I want to kick off with. Number one is I never walk down the street and see a woman looking nice and think, who does she think she is ever? I think most of us would think, I totally understand why you're thinking that because we all have that internal narrative. But I think really people think she looks nice. That's what people think. And, and, it, and it holds us back. It's this imposter thing. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. Number two, I think it's great that you're embracing colour. I think that's amazing. And I think that's a good plan. It's strategic. Have a base colour. Introduce some other colours. Have you actually had your colours done? I, I haven't, but I've, I think I've naturally discovered what colours work and don't. I seem to be like a warm tone. Actually, I have an interesting question about that because... I guess the one thing I'm a little bit skeptical about with with colors 
is that there is colors that I feel suit me, but not necessarily close to my face. So for example, I think I'm warm toned. So cool colors just don't suit me. But one sort of reference I had from this is, um, you know, Trini, obviously like Trini and Susanna, um, yeah. that that Trini. So watching her videos, she sometimes talks about, you know, putting things up to her face and or wearing things sort of lower down. So for example, I love lilac, which is a cool color. And I can't really wear that close to my face, but I love lilac trousers and that I think that works. So yeah, it'd be interesting to know a little bit more about how colors work in that slightly more complex layer of, well, where are you putting them on your body? It's really worth getting your colors done. And actually lilac is, because I'm warm skin, I'm spring. I think you might be spring. And I do suit lilac as well. It's just helpful because like you were saying, you wouldn't have been able to do this without having this kind of plan in place and being able to experiment with eBay clothes and all of that. You know, the way to get a sustainable wardrobe is not just buying cheap secondhand clothes, but it's having that clarity again. It always comes back to clarity. Once you've got clarity, you also, what else falls away is you thinking, walking down the street, I'm not saying you personally, any, you know, lots of us do this, walking down the street, feeling you might have got it wrong because you've been experimental with an outfit and then thinking they're thinking who does she think she is or you know what is she wearing all these kinds of thoughts that are going around in your head can definitely be solved or improved dramatically by getting the clarity which is the three pillars of style which is the colors knowing which shapes suit your body the lifestyle thing the style personality all of that as well is really important as we've mentioned all the way through the podcast You know, we all want a more sustainable wardrobe now. It's hugely important. And this year, Royal Ascot, for example, the theme is sustainability and they're encouraging people to shop their own wardrobe. So these things do need to come from the top. You know, these kinds of messages do need to come from people organising things like Royal Ascot and all that kind of stuff. It all becomes more normal not to think you have to buy something new all the time because the choice is so overwhelming, so hugely overwhelming going into the shops for so many of us just being bamboozled by all the choice and thinking, why does she look better than me? That compare and despair thing again. Basically, just like you're doing, you've got a bit of a plan in place, which is great. Clarify what your colours are, because that will help even further, because you'll get a swatch book of your colours, which tell you exactly what your base colours are, what your accent colours are, you specifically. So that's really helpful. And people inherently know what their colours are anyway. You sort of naturally do. You gravitate. And from what you're telling me, you seem like you're a spring to me. So it might be worth getting that done. But look at shape as well. Beth wants to say something. I was just going to say, I love a good shop in your own wardrobe. I think it's super fun. I've been trying to get a capsule wardrobe along with the Marie Kondo and four bags of clothes go and then one comes back because I just think, oh, and then I could put this with it. And But it's good to just go through what you've got rather than just always declutter as well and go, oh, how am I going to put these together? And I often just try outfits on or try and think what I'm going to do the the night before and prepare myself a little bit, just spend a few minutes going, "What, what sort of day am I going to have and how do I want to feel and what am I going to wear? And often putting it together the night before is quite good as well. Yeah, that can help, but being prepared, but also how can I revive this piece of clothing? You know, there are ways you can revive it once you sort of know more about your style. So I'm going to ask Roshana now to talk to us about her. Roshana's got a new role back in corporate 
but you have a bit of a style story where you were in corporate and then you kind of broke free of corporate and then you were like, I've got my style and now you're back in corporate. Thanks, Lisa. And uh, yeah, a lot of the stories here, I think, sort of echoes what Alison's been doing and I can sort of definitely relate to what others have been speaking about. So yeah, so I was in corporate and I've moved into financial services and local government and I definitely wasn't a kind of imposter syndrome. I probably spent 20 years really trying to fit in. So, you know, I'd always buy a black suit. I'd always buy the suit, the shift dress and the skirt, like in a set like that. And then I was sort of attracted to brands that very much that corporate um, shift. So I had a lot of the bodycon shift dresses as well. And then I, I don't know if Lisa remembers this, but I, when I reached out to Lisa, I think it was in a bit of a crisis point because I just didn't really like what I was wearing. And I didn't also have anything for kind of going out and things like, I think when you looked at it, like, I had nothing really to go out in. Like, just even go to the pub for drinks or birthday party or anything like that. So I think that's evolved. And then I changed, well, well I was doing a bit of freelance and I just started a new job a, a week ago. And I'm wearing a lot of the kind of new stuff I got. And I realised going back, I'm actually back in government, but in quite a corporate bit of government, that, yeah, the style, yeah, I really relate to that. I wore like a bright red dress and that's sort of deliberate because I wanted everyone to notice me. But then I kind of thought, oh, wait a minute, what's everyone else wearing? Uh, And no one else was wearing red. They were kind of quite neutral colours. So but kind of my default is, oh, I need to buy a new suit or I need to buy like another shift dress. And I think I need to kind of hold strong to kind of, I've yes. kind of been evolving to as well. So I guess my question is, is a bit of that balancing act of you're trying to try out different things, but there is still that element of trying to fit in, right? So it's just that, that balancing out. Absolutely right. We we need to dress appropriately, right? We do for our environment. I think that still holds true. But like you said, you need to hold strong. That's the key thing for me. When I thought about this, when I saw your message today about what you're going to be talking about, the people who are dressing in a corporate way have just fallen back into pre-pandemic dressing. That's all they know. What has changed is people's opinion on what's appropriate at work, that definitely has changed 100% because dress codes have relaxed. Corporate, you don't have to dress like a man anymore to be taken seriously. You used to have to dress like a man, basically, or wear a skirt suit or that kind of thing. That's all fallen away. I just think you need to hold strong because your natural style personality has got some razzmatazz to it. You've got edge in there. You were bored of the classic dress and that was falling away when I met you, which was before the pandemic as well, people were starting to change. It was more acceptable to dress in your personality at work and show some personality at work. A few years ago, that wasn't acceptable, but now it definitely is. I just think the people that are dressing in the more corporate way just don't necessarily know their style and they don't they don't have that confidence and they're doing what they think they should. I don't think you're dressing inappropriately. You're going to stand out in the right way because, you know, I've seen your wardrobe and there's lots of stylish stuff in there. You need to hold strong to that and keep doing the classic with a twist and don't revert back into the corporate. They need to change the people who are there now who are dressing pre-pandemic because dress codes have relaxed. It's just not the same as it was before and you can show personality at work. Beth? 
I, I think you can show some personality, though. You've got to be comfortable. I mean, I think if you feel completely out of your comfort zone, you're not going to be confident and relaxed and do your best. So I just thought some sexy underwear or a new pair of earrings or some cute shoes, just a little bit of zhuzh rather than a whole lot of zhuzh. Yeah, Maybe a yeah. black dress with some cool heels or some something a bit, just a bit of, or a nice scarf or, I don't know, just a little bit of zhuzh. Not, that's my thought. I mean, I agree we have to dress properly for where we are, definitely. But I just think these people just haven't caught up with how things have changed now. And I think, you know, because people just don't necessarily know what to wear, so they revert back to their uniform of a suit because it's easy. And it's sort of the corporate equivalent of dressing in your practical clothes because it's easy. So, you know, you do look smart. I think the key thing is, as long as you, you know, you're not going to be rocking into the office in a short skirt and a low cut top, you're still going to be looking professional. And that's the thing. As long as you look professional and polished, I think that's fine. You don't have to wear a suit, just look, still look professional and polished. Mm. Then you are appropriate for the environment and you're still staying true to yourself as well. It sounds like a big shift for you and you're just in a new, just yeah. got to get used to, used to it. Yeah, going back into that environment must be a bit of a shock to the system, actually, as well. Yeah, it's a massive sort of just got going back into. I just realised I haven't really commuted for three years because I was on maternity leave before. Mm. I think it's actually quite my because I do have a lot of well, you know, all the stress today at work. And it's fine. It's just like it's minor things like the slit is very high on the stress. I'm like, I'm not sure I want to be walking around. So I think it's just like a little bit of. Um, yeah, adjusting, I think, on, on some yeah. things. But, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I don't want to go back into just wearing black, you know, boring black suits yeah. like that. So I've, I've definitely moved on from that. And going to Banana Republic and buying a whole suit. And buying, like, the whole matching thing, the shift dress, the, the jacket, the whole thing. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely moved beyond that. No, that's definitely involved. But, like, you know, Beth's right. You've, you've got to feel your best self and your most confident self you know, it helps you to perform, doesn't it, when you really feel. But no, that doesn't mean you need to dress in a dull corporate way. I think that's my point. But Alison, did you did you yeah. have something to say? Yeah, just an observation really about sort of when you dress in a way that makes you feel good. I think it gives you a, just a bit of an edge. So you can actually sometimes do your job better if you feel you look the part. When actually dressing for the job you're doing and, the, and sort of the job or the job that you aspire to is always something that my husband kept banging on about, always dress as if you you want the next step up the ladder, don't fit in with the crowd. And if you're coming back to what the, the, the lady was saying, Roshanna was saying about turning up in a red dress because she wanted to be noticed, I think that's brilliant. You want to be noticed. You don't want to fade into the background. And what she has on today is fantastic. It suits her beautifully. I have no idea how high the slit is, but... That pattern is is lovely and you would be noticed, but for all the right reasons, not because it looks out of place, but because it looks great. And so you think she looks great. I wonder what she's got to say for herself and what job is she doing? And I need to get to know her and let's see what she can do. She looks interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd want to talk to her and find out what she's up to. Yeah, definitely. And I think other people will sort of be admiring the fact that, you, that you're not, you know, doing the shift dress and the jacket because they're maybe a bit bored of the shift dress and the jacket. So I just think definitely stand strong, hold strong because you look great and it's that professional polished thing. Now, I was going to move on to Teresa. Hello, Teresa. Teresa has been on the podcast before. She is a coach and we've talked all about the imposter syndrome, which we've covered quite a bit through this podcast this evening, actually, just people dressing how they think they should and 
worrying about what others think. And it's completely normal to do that because that's human nature because we all want to fit in. But what is your, your story, Teresa? I did have a story, but I've been listening to everyone else's story. Of course, my story's been evolving as I've been hearing everyone else speak. I'm sort of a bit of a black sheep in this group, I think, because I very much have always, right from the get-go, needed to wear clothes that feel like I'm me. So I'm always an authentic dresser. I cannot be. It's impossible for me to show up any other way than what I feel is a representation of me. And I'm 60 now, so the last 30 years I've been really relying on really, as Lisa knows, bold, striking colours. Not because I want to make people notice me, but it just really chimes with my heart. And when I'm wearing stuff that connects with who I am really deep, deep down, uh, I feel alive and confident. I'm also 60, so a few of us here talked about our age and I don't have that age button where I think that language of mutton dressed as lamb. I find that hard to listen to, to be absolutely honest. I think I will dress all the time until the day I die as as exactly as I want to be. If I want to show a bit of leg, fine, I don't care. I really don't care. If you know, and if I don't, then you know, so be it. it it's kind of not that important to me what other people think or how other people are looking at me. The most important thing is that I feel okay and kind of then I don't really know where I fit um, in terms of a, a, an authentic style other than I'm probably more in Lisa's neck of the woods, so more relaxed, casual, I'd say, because I've always been self-employed. I've always worked for myself. I've been in the creative field for, you know, I can't even tell you, 40 years maybe. So I've always been able to please and suit myself. And I think, you know, I've carved out that kind of career deliberately because I need to feel me. And so it is the same for my clothes. And I just would want to encourage any woman listening to this podcast or here in this space now to kind of connect with that in, inside of you because it gives you this whole sack of confidence. I think this sort of second-guessing people and things and styles and situations and corporate and not corporate, I go into corporate environments but as me. And I kind of love that. I really do. So I don't know if that's a style story as such, but I think in listening to what everyone else is saying, I just feel that kind of needs to be said. I mean, yeah, this is the holy grail, really. This is like, we all really ultimately want to feel like that. Yeah, inspiration, it's amazing. Mm. And just just to feel like authentically like yourself and just thinking I'm just going to be myself is definitely the goal. I know that you, you had a point where your old style story is when you went to a friend's house when you were really young and you felt terrible. Can you quickly remind us of that story? Yeah, in fact, I was only... We're all, all my school friends are turning 60 this year and we had a 60th birthday in, uh, at the weekend. And I was relaying that story because it was that girl's house that I went to and I was telling her brother at this party. But basically she invited me to her house age 11 and it was the 70s. And in that day and age, the style was big, big platform shoes, a la David Bowie, T-Rex, that kind of thing. Really wide legged bell-bottom jeans, cat sleeve t-shirts. My friend had older brothers and sisters and she came and met me at the station looking like, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. And I was in a dress which was from a charity shop, which 
back in the 70s that wasn't cool to go to a charity shop and it was a horrible nylon yellow patchwork dress with a bow at the collar this is like I'm 11 and I've got on a flat <laughs> loafer shoes now really cool in the 70s no from Peter Lord which was kind of like the naff version of Clark and I met her at the station she looked like you know a pop goddess and I looked like a frump queen and I think I made a decision. I was petrified the whole day. I didn't move off that girl's bed because I just felt so unfashionable and out of touch. And you know what? That was probably a real pivotal moment because I never again put myself in, in that situation, I think. Yeah, I went out and bought some smack jeans, some bell-bottom jeans, and a, a Boston Red Sox t-shirt to the next disco I went to. And that was me, off, off, on, on a roll, yeah. Yeah, that's that sort of literally froze me rigid that moment yeah I love that that's your pivotal style moment there is a moment you know some for some of us we can look back and think that's when I realized what my style was yeah Dr Martin Chelsea Boots you know Brittany said she is classic with extra you know Beth you're the boho Alison's been on a whole style journey Kelly you're experimenting at the moment Roshana you've gone from corporate broken out and now gone back into corporate but you're going to be holding strong with your style and I think that's a beautiful place to end it thank you so much all of you for joining me oh, it feels so good to be back I hope you enjoyed that kickoff episode of my newly revamped podcast and if you do enjoy it please make sure you subscribe so that I can stay in the podcast charts and climb up those charts it would mean the absolute world to me And if you really want to get clarity on your wardrobe, grab my mini course. The link is underneath in the show notes. It's going to transform your wardrobe and help you to really be better at shopping and just get to know the things that work for you. It's only £27, which if you think about it, is nothing compared to the mistakes that you may have made ordering things online and having to send them back. It's the three pillars of style, the winning wardrobe formula, the things you absolutely need to know to get the wardrobe that's perfect for you, not perfect for someone else, but perfect for you. There are bonuses in there too that are going to really help you to declutter your wardrobe and understand why you might be holding on to clothes that you don't need. The link to this course is underneath the podcast in the show notes. You can grab it straight away. You'll get access to it immediately. And I know that it's going to make a huge difference to your wardrobe. Take care and I will see you next time.